Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, happy Monday evening, friends. Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Great to be with you here on Praying for America. Really, really good week. We got another victory today from the Supreme Court. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about uh, President Trump's rally from this past Saturday night. Uh, And we're going to talk about some other things as well. It's great to be with you, Christians, patriots from around the country, some of you from other parts of the world. We are all united here tonight. And please leave your comments and questions. I see some of them coming in uh, already, but please leave your comments and uh, questions and uh, one of you is uh, talking about Michigan. We're going to talk about Michigan uh, in one of these um, programs. We'll do a whole segment about the battle going on there for the Michigan state constitution. You know, see, this is what these these pro-abortion supporters around the country do. You know, once the Supreme Court takes uh, takes away this idea, this myth that there's a federal right to abortion in the constitution, these pro-abortion people who are afraid to make their case to the American people because they have no case for the killing of babies. It's indefensible. So what they'll try to do is they'll try to somehow insert the right to abortion in their state constitution. That's going to be one of the battles we're going to see in various places. We see it uh, the last few years. It's been going on in Kansas and there's going to be a ballot initiative there uh, in the primary in August and it's going on in Michigan. So yes, We have our eyes on Michigan. We have our eyes on uh, Kansas. But leave me your questions. Let me know what you're thinking. And uh, I'll be happy to answer as I'm able. And uh, Roberta is talking about Massachusetts. Oh, Massachusetts, yes. Uh, Suicide bill currently before the Senate. Yes, we'll be praying about that too and urging people to contact um, their lawmakers there. Uh, Oh, it's great to see people from South Carolina. Virginia Beach, uh, Joseph is saying the Dems love killing and violence. Isn't it sad? So true. But it's very sad. Um, and April saying God is the final judge. Yes, all these judgments, we always submit them to the judgment seat of Christ, who is coming back to judge the world. Let's go to scripture as we usually do at the beginning of this program. And this one is about you from the Sermon on the Mount. From Matthew uh, 5, starting with verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. But what if salt loses its taste with what? Can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city sat on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. So your light must shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. Let us pray. Father, make us the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Let us be, according to the teaching of your Son, that force in the world by your grace that preserves and that enlightens. Lord, we pray for America because there is much salt and much light on this land. You have placed much faith, many people of faith, 
in this nation. Lord God, may the light always prevail. And as we see the light prevailing now in so many ways over the darkness, may we keep focused and keep fighting and keep praying for America. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. All right. So first, first, um, President Trump the other night, did you see the, the rally from Indiana? I'm not in Indiana, Illinois. What a crowd. PresidentTrumpRallies.com. It's my uh, urging for you tonight in terms of practical action is to go to PresidentTrumpRallies.com and watch his rally speech from Saturday night. Now, of course, it was the day after the Supreme Court made history by reversing the Roe versus Wade decision. And that that decision did not, by the way, take a policy position on abortion. The Dobbs decision said it's not up to the court to impose policy on the nation. It's up to the lawmakers. So it changed this 50-year, nearly 50-year error of, of, of concentrating abortion policymaking in unelected judges, unaccountable justices. No, it's going to come back to us so that if we want to protect our unborn children, we'll be able to do that without the court blocking it. That's what this decision is about. We are going to, by the way, at 9 p.m., just an hour from now, a little less than an hour from now, if you're still in the mood to watch some broadcasts, Janet, our executive director, and I are going to be analyzing, we're going to start a multi-day analysis in depth of the Dobbs case. So I ask you to tune in at endabortion.tv and the different channels at FR Frank Pavone on social media where we broadcast and uh, you'll be able to see our analysis. But getting back to President Trump's rally, of course, Saturday having been the day after the Supreme Court's monumental pro-life decision, he addressed it. I want to read to you what he said. Uh, This greatest uh, president, he said right at the beginning of the speech, so before we begin, he says, we've got some very big news, don't we? We have very big news, maybe the biggest, right from the United States Supreme Court yesterday. The court handed down a victory for the Constitution, a victory for the rule of law, and above all, a victory for life. President Trump continued, this breakthrough is the answer to the prayers of millions and millions of people, and those prayers have gone on for decades. For decades and decades, they've been praying, and now those prayers have been answered. To the generations of Americans in the pro-life movement, as well as countless constitutional conservatives, Your boundless love, sacrifice, and devotion has finally been rewarded in full. Congratulations, and it's a great time. And then he went on, President Trump, in his rally Saturday night, to remind us, as a candidate in 2016, I promised to nominate judges and justices who would stand up for the original meaning of the Constitution and would honestly, faithfully interpret the law as written. We got three great Supreme Court justices confirmed to do exactly that. Because again, friends, that's what the Dobbs decision does. It goes back to the Constitution and it says, hey, we don't find any right to abortion here. And then it goes back to the history of our country and and, and constitutional precedents and 
uh, state laws and state court decisions and scholarly treatises. He says, we're looking everywhere. We don't see the right to abortion anywhere in our nation's history up until 1973. It isn't there. Boy, oh boy, those people like the Brandon administration, right? Where in the world, what planet do they come from when they say there's a constitutional right to abortion? What planet do they come from? They come from the planet where, you know, you can read into the Constitution anything you darn well please. And that's a pretty dangerous way of going about policymaking. So continuing with President Trump, thanks to the courage found within the United States Supreme Court, this long divisive issue, that is abortion, will be decided by the states and by the American people. That's the way it should have been many, many years ago. That's the way it is now. So congratulations. As the Republican Party, we are today the party of life. And we are the party of everyone. And then the crowd started chanting, thank you, Trump. Thank you, Trump. Did you see it? Again, PresidentTrumpRallies.com. Please go there and watch the rally from Saturday night in Illinois. And then the president made these final remarks. We believe that every precious child, born and unborn, is the sacred gift from God. Sacred gift from God. And he commends the justices for standing strong in the face of outrageous threats and even violence. And then he calls out the leaders of the Democrat Party. He says the leaders of the Democrat Party have failed to forcefully condemn the violence and the threats and to hold the perpetrators accountable. There could be no greater illustration of the two-tiered system of justice that we have right now. Hey, friends, let's echo this. All right, let's. And we're talking to our friends, talking to our our coworkers. Uh, say, hey, where's 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 the where's the the severe condemnation from the president on down, Brandon on down? Where's the severe condemnation of these threats and these acts of violence. It's just, um, it's just unbelievable. Okay. So Eileen is asking something important there from, uh, New York, my original, uh, place of residence, my home state. Uh, what can we do in New York? We have to rescind the awful reproduction health act that is infanticide. Well, you know, Eileen, I'm glad you mentioned that because as I've been going around the country for all these years on this full-time pro-life mission, I have told people in New York and I have told people in California, there's a special quality to the pro-life people in those states, which are so and always have been so deep in, 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 in the abortion um, and, and the Democrat uh, mindset. By no means all the people, there are very, very, very strong, strong uh uh, holdouts in, all throughout the state of New York and the state of California of pro-life conservative people. I know I've been traveling among you all these years. And I said, you know, that makes for a special quality of pro-life people because the wind is always in your face rather than at your back. And we use the very same techniques we have to use around the country. Persuasion and voting. Persuading the voters and then voting. We can change any red, uh, any blue state back into a red state. Continue with the same tools. And we have the more, far more persuasive arguments. You know, a lot of times it's just 
exposing what the other side is doing. Like you mentioned, this is an infanticide law. I mean, allowing even just the question of allowing late term abortions, Americans have never bought into that. So let's keep doing it together, persuading and then voting. No election is permanent, not even in New York, not even in California. Um, okay. Gene uh, is saying, will those who are protesting outside Supreme Court judges' homes be prosecuted? Well, you know what? That's a question that we're all asking, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know that there's going to be any. I wouldn't be surprised if absolutely nothing happens. Because remember, we got the Democrats uh, responsible here for, uh, you know, for calling calling these people out. They are actually breaking federal law, and uh, you know, it'd be nice to uh, nice to see some action taken. I think again, here our best strategy is keep raising the issue. Keep pointing out to people, hey, did you know that there's a law that prevents the pressuring of justices as they make their decisions? I mean, that protects all of us. It's not just the protection of them. Uh, It protects us all. It protects our process of the judicial system and of lawmaking. And uh, uh, it it, it really is uh, important to um, keep calling them out. Jesse is saying, I'm in Texas where all abortions are banned. Thank you. Good job, Texas. Uh, not sure if the morning after pill is included. What resources can I look up for that information? Okay, so we'll be putting stuff on uh, online uh, in regard to that at uh, endabortion.us. We're going to be getting some information in the coming days in regard to uh, the latest. See, with now the laws are quickly changing now because when once the Dobbs decision uh, came into effect. Um, the, all the states that have trigger laws and as uh, those trigger laws are going into effect and all the states that have laws that are currently enjoined and in litigation in the lower courts, those injunctions are going to be lifted. They're going to go into effect. And Congress is now uh, considering very carefully what measures they're going to pass on the federal level. So uh, one of the increasingly common methods of abortion uh, is, of course, uh, these various chemical methods. And uh, we have to keep a close eye on that. There's all kinds of legislative things that we can do in regard to that. And uh, laws prohibiting abortion uh, have to be clear that it includes all different types of abortion, no matter what the method. And then, of course, they would be included in that. And then there are also ways of controlling um how these drugs are obtained. And those are the two areas where we will look in terms of legislation that even covers the chemical uh, the chemical abortions. Okay, let's see. Cindy is reminding us uh, President Trump's the only one who attended and spoke at the March for Life. I was right there, not too far from him as he spoke that day in, uh, in 2020. Uh, man of great integrity, uh, absolutely, uh, absolutely correct. So now the next thing I want to mention to you is, and we got a very important commentary coming up on the, uh, uh, the, another victory today in the Supreme court. I'll talk about that in a second, uh, is, um, this, uh, this latest lie about the, uh, the justices who, as, and as you know, there's going to just be a barrage of lies now uh, about the justices who overturned Roe v. Wade. 
Um, and the latest one being, oh, well, they lied to the Senate in their confirmation hearings uh, when they were asked about Roe versus Wade. You know, that is, you know, that is the most ridiculous assertion because, you know, first of all, uh, uh, it is against judicial ethics to hint at what kind of a decision you would make on a particular topic. That everybody knew that abortion would be coming again before the Supreme Court. It comes before the Supreme Court every few years. So to ask them what they think about Roe v. Wade, all they can do is state what everybody already knows, which is that it was a precedent. It was decided by the court 50 years ago almost. It was reaffirmed many times. Well, anybody can say that. They put you and me up there, we can say that. That's not the same question if they ask, well, what is your view of Roe v. Wade? What is a justice? Uh, who, who? What is justice supposed to say? What is someone who's who's in a confirmation process to become a justice supposed to say? You can't prejudge a case. And let me read what Ruth Bader Ginsburg said about that: A judge sworn to decide impartially can offer no forecasts, no hints, for that would show not only disregard for the specifics of a particular case, it would display disdain for the entire judicial process. By the way, I'm reading from a, an editorial that appeared in the Wall Street Journal in these days in regard to this, this uh, uh, accusation of them lying. Ginsburg made it clear. You can't hint about, because, because a case that comes before the court is always has its own specific facts and circumstances. So... A judge, any judge in any court, has to study those facts and circumstances as they are presented to the court in order to begin to form his or her judgment on the case. It's not fair to that process, and it's not fair to the parties involved who are coming before the court as an impartial tribunal to resolve the dispute that they have you can't have someone on that impartial tribunal who has already indicated which way he or she might lean in deciding on a particular case. So you get you get uh, grilled by the Senate. Oh, well, what do you think of Roe v. Well, what are they supposed to say? Let me read to you what uh, Justice Gorsuch said during his confirmation. Roe v. Wade, decided in 1973, is a precedent of the U.S. Supreme Court. It has been reaffirmed. So a good judge will consider it as precedent of the U.S. Supreme Court, worthy as treatment of precedent like any other. Well, that's exactly what they did in Dobbs. They treated it as precedent. They considered it just like any other precedent would be considered. And they judged it according to the rules of when and how and under what circumstances you can reverse a precedent. And I don't know if these people criticizing the justices now are any, uh, at all aware of the book that was co-authored by various judges, including Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. It's about this thick, the book. It's called The Law of Judicial Precedent. I've shown it to you on previous programs. Um, and they talk about in there that, 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 that you can have well-established precedents that nevertheless get reversed by the court. So for them to call it a precedent and later to reverse it, is not a lie, unless, of course, and some of these uninformed critics do think this, unless you think that the word precedent is synonymous with unchangeable. Well, then, welcome back to segregation, I guess, right? 
Gorsuch went on to say, if I were to start telling you which are my favorite precedents or which are my least favorite precedents, or if I viewed precedent in that fashion, I would be tipping my hand and suggesting to litigants that I've already made up my mind about their cases. That sound like he's lying? How about Justice Kavanaugh's word? Roe v. Wade is an important precedent of the Supreme Court. It has been reaffirmed many times. It was reaffirmed in Planned Parenthood v. Casey in 92. So that precedent on precedent is quite important as you think about stare decisis in this context. Of course, what else is a judge going to say? That doesn't mean that when a specific case comes before you, you might not judge that the circumstances are right to reverse that longstanding precedent. You know, this nonsense about, oh, they lied. You know, it's just another sign of how weak, how terribly weak, the position of the other side is at this point in time. Well, finally, friends, the other night, I guess it was sometime uh, last week, early in the week, I said to you on one of these programs, we have a chance to give a one, two, three, four punch to the left through Supreme Court cases that were being judged. A one, two, three, four punch. And what was I talking about? Well, first, the Dobbs case, obviously. Secondly, two religious freedom cases. Now, at the point that I was making these remarks, none of the decisions in these cases had come out yet. Two religious freedom cases, one from Maine. Remember the couples who sued because Maine would not give the, uh, to them and to, the, to their children for the school that they wanted to send them to, which was a sectarian school, a religious school, uh, the publicly available benefit of paying the tuition that was available to all the other schools as long as they weren't sectarian. So he said, well, this isn't fair. It's a publicly available benefit. We want to send our students to this school. Why are you excluding us just because we're religious? Okay, so there was that case. There was the case on Coach Kennedy, the coach who uh, was fired because he knelt down and prayed after the football game. And then there was the Second Amendment case out of New York State requiring that citizens show some, some indication that, oh, they are under some sort of special threat and special need for protection before they can get a concealed carry license. So four big cases, abortion, Second Amendment, and two religious freedom cases. I spoke to you about all four cases and said we can really really put a dent in getting this country back on the right track and driving the radical crazy left more crazy than they already are if we win these cases. And we prayed for victory in these cases. And many people have worked for victory in these cases. And keep, keep, keep Kathleen's comment on there. I got to respond to this one. Uh, Kathleen, we're going to learn about what political party uh, you are uh, you are associated with in just a second. Um, and we prayed. And guess what, brothers and sisters? The case from Maine came out. And those parents, those religious parents, won. And then the case from New York came out. And we had a victory for the Second Amendment. And then the Dobbs case came out. And we had an historic victory for the unborn and for the democratic process in America. It's got nothing to do with Democrats, by the way. And then fourth, today, this decision came out from the U.S. Supreme Court, victory in the Kennedy case. 
We won all four. The Kennedy case, let me read the holding. The free exercise and free speech clauses of the First Amendment protect an individual engaging in a personal religious observance from government reprisal. The Constitution neither mandates nor permits the government to suppress such religious expression. You're a believer. You are to be completely free in America to express that faith wherever you are and in whatever manner you wish without being afraid that you have reprisal from the government. So, before we go into the Lord's Prayer and give you a blessing, Kathleen, you won this case. I guess you're talking about the Dobbs case, not because justice was done, but because you gave power to corruption. No, 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 Kathleen, I didn't vote for the Democrats. I didn't give power to corruption. No, 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 no. And I don't support corrupt bishops either. And for a Catholic priest to have a picture of Trump in the background is blasphemy. Oh, Kathleen, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Whom do you worship? Whom do you worship? Blasphemy. Blasphemy. No, I'll tell you what's blasphemy. When the Chinese Communist Party requires people, believers, Christians in China, to take down their crucifix and put up instead a picture of the Chinese Communist leader, when you're replacing God with a government leader, that's blasphemy, Kathleen. That's blasphemy. Go complain to the Chinese Communist Party. President Trump is honored here, and he's honored by tens and tens of millions who gave him more votes than any sitting president ever received across America. So your argument's not with me. It's with 75-plus million Americans. He declares at every talk, at every rally, he declared it. I was with him just uh, a week ago at, at, a, at a speech he gave, and he declared so boldly and clearly, we worship God, not government. We worship God, not government. And then you go on to say, you have politicized the church. Me? You give me way too much power than I have. I don't politicize the church. You know, when people say the church has become too political, you know what the problem is, Kathleen? It's that our politics have become too pagan. And you say, oh, I used to respect you, but now I'm ashamed of you. Well, let me tell you whom I'm ashamed of. I'm ashamed of the people who go through seminary, who put on a collar like this, who dress in clerical vestments, who call themselves clergy. Some of them call themselves bishop. And they dress up and they go around as if they're a preacher of the gospel. And then when a political party justifies the killing of babies, tries to force us to pay for it, tries to shut down our religious freedom like they try to do to us. And President Trump is the one that saved us, by the way. And he saved many dioceses and Catholic and Christian institutions across the country for what the Biden and Obama were trying to do. When a party suppresses religious freedom, tries to redefine marriage, tries to redefine the family, tries to indoctrinate our children by teaching them evil, if the church speaks up against that political platform and that political party, that's not the church being political, that's the church being the church. And I'm ashamed of those 
who, when that happens, all dressed up in their clerical robes, they say absolutely nothing. That's who you ought to be ashamed of, not those of us that speak up when it's time to say something. So don't give me this garbage about, oh, I'm ashamed of you. We got to be ashamed of those clergy who are silent. We got to be ashamed of those clergy who even try to make excuses for the Democrats or try to say they're doing good things. You know what? They're not doing good things. They're destroying this country. They're destroying the faith. They're destroying the unborn. They're destroying your freedom. They're destroying your future, your economy, your military, your borders. They're destroying your country. They, they need to be voted out of office, every single last one of them. And that has, needs to happen immediately in this midterm elections. So don't give me any garbage about being ashamed of me. You know the ones that you need to be ashamed of. And it's time for you to speak up. And it's time for everybody to speak up and say, we don't want any garbage in politics. And you know what? We don't want any garbage in the church either. We don't want any doublespeak in politics, and we don't want any doublespeak in the church. We don't want any cowardice in politics. And you know what, friends? We don't want any cowardice in the church either. We don't need leaders getting up and babbling all kinds of words and never saying anything. We don't need leaders beating around the bush, failing to condemn, just like what President Trump just said. Where are these Democrats condemning the violence that's being done and threatened against churches? and pro-life pregnancy centers, and even the Supreme Court justices, where's their condemnation of this? So you got weak-minded, weak-kneed, spineless people in political office who babble a lot of words and don't say anything. And unfortunately, we have a lot of the same in the pulpits of the churches. President Trump weren't where he has been. We wouldn't be where we are, and neither would a lot of other ministries, because he protected us from the efforts of the Democrats to suppress our religious freedom. They wanted to fine us out of business if we wouldn't provide coverage for abortion in our health insurance programs. Do you really think that we're not supposed to be grateful to President Donald Trump for literally saving our ministry. You know who was in on these lawsuits with us? The Archdiocese of Washington, the Diocese of Erie, Pennsylvania, Catholic University of America, St. Thomas Aquinas College, and all sorts of other Christian ministries, and the Little Sisters of the Poor as well. We were all together. It wasn't just the Little Sisters of the Poor case. And I think, friends, that we've done ourselves a disservice uh, when so much attention has been given to the fact that it was the Little Sisters of the Poor, uh, and, and, and we forget that it implicated just about every employer in America, that mandate from the, again, the uh, Obama-Biden administration, telling us we had to include coverage for things like abortion in our health insurance plans. We said, hell no, we're not going to do that. And then they said they had the audacity to tell us that we had to do that. And then they said, oh, well, we're going to give you uh, a year to um, adjust your, your policies and to uh, you know adjust to this requirement. And we, said, we turned around and said to them, we don't need a year. We don't need a month. We don't need a minute. Our answer is no, we will obey God rather than men. And, and this is the position that we, that we, we were one of the, we, we at Preach for Life were one of the very first lawsuits against that ridiculous, offensive 
uh, mandate. Absolutely. Absolutely. So final question. I we're going a little over time here, but hey, remember at top of the hour, we're going to be back on with Janet Morana on my, I'm not sure all the individual platforms that it'll be on, but uh, endabortion.tv gives you the links to the places where it will be. We're going to talk about, start analyzing that Dobbs decision in detail. Read it, friends, read it. Supremecourtvictory.com is the website where you'll get all kinds of analysis. Supremecourtvictory.com. Um, so let me see, Marie, thank you. Uh, we'll take this as the final question. Okay, we were able to get Roe v. Wade reversed. Do you think God may hold back his wrath and that we'll be able to turn this nightmare around? And you know what the answer is? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. And as President Trump says in his rallies, we can take our country back and we will. God's faithfulness is on display here. The same God in whom our founders themselves put their trust. They put their trust in his providence. They asked his guidance as they wrote our founding documents. And boy, they got that guidance. We're the only country still were operating under its original founding document. Uh, that's a simple, very powerful little fact. So yes, we, we, are, we are turning this nightmare around. In fact, you know, the, 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 the reversal of Roe v. Wade just the other day was the culmination of a whole process of reversal that has been in progress over all these years. Even Casey, which was also reversed, Casey, which upheld Roe in 1992, upheld it at arm's length. It didn't even endorse its reasoning. It changed, it reversed parts of it. So Roe v. Wade has been getting deconstructed for 50 years. So this was simply the, the, the last stage in the process of getting rid of it. Just like in today's decision, they finally explicitly got rid of the Lemon case, which was a very bad case on religious liberty, uh, which was has been destroying religious liberty for decades. The court jettisoned that too. I mean, thank you, President Trump, for these justices. Uh, and thank you that you didn't consult people like Kathleen in choosing these justices because you have done us a, a, a tremendous service. Let's pray, friends. Father, bless America. Continue to uh, bless all of us as we serve America and as we serve the gospel of your kingdom. And protect us, protect our courts, protect our unborn children, protect our religious freedom. Protect us as we move into the future, Lord, glorifying you and advancing your kingdom. And we pray in the words Jesus gave us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, patriots. Keep it up. Watch President Trump's talk from the other night, presidenttrumprallies.com, and we will speak to you again tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.